Hi, food eaters. This is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast and the self-professed prophet of processed foods. Glad you could listen in on this, the 15th episode. In today's show, we're going to find out what you know about food ingredients. There will be a quiz, but don't panic. Don't get nervous. Don't get your cheat notes out. It's all just for fun and education. You won't have to turn your papers in. You'll be able to score yourself. In the second part of the podcast, I return to the feature called New Food Inventions to take a look at a new food product on grocery store shelves. For those new to this podcast, here's here's a wee bit about myself. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food testing, and chemical research. And for many years, I've had a fascination, some may call it an obsession, with the processed foods we eat, what constitutes those foods, and what they could be doing to our health. Because of my working years in the food ingredient industry, I also bring some inside information to this subject. This is the only podcast that I know of that is dedicated to looking behind the processed food curtain at all of those strange and unusual ingredients that populate many of the foods on our grocery store shelves. In June of this year, 2017, it will be the one-year anniversary for this podcast. So I thought that it would be a good time to do a review, see what we've learned. Of course, the teacher and me had to put together a test. I'm going to ask you 15 multiple-choice questions based upon what I've talked about in the first 14 episodes. I'll read each question twice, provide the answer, and then some commentary. If you're not familiar with the topics addressed in the questions, don't worry about it. Just do the best you can. Hopefully, this will turn out to be a learning experience as well. Pencils and paper ready? Now, don't try to write if you're driving or doing some other potentially hazardous activity like mowing the grass or giving birth. Just keep track of the right answers by counting them on your fingers. Okay, food eaters, ready for question number one? Here it is. For what group of food additives must ingredients specifically be listed by name on the label? Answer A, natural colors. B, artificial sweeteners. C, natural flavors. D, artificial flavors. E, modified starches. Let me read this again. Question one, for what group of food additives must ingredients specifically be listed by name on the label? A, natural colors. B, artificial sweeteners. C, natural flavors. D, artificial flavors. E, modified starches. The answer is B, artificial sweeteners. Additives like aspartame, sucralose, saccharin must be listed on the label. But natural colors and natural or artificial flavors are not required by the Federal Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to be listed. That means there are thousands of compounds either derived from natural products or synthesized in a factory that are not required to be specifically listed on a food label. Also, the last answer, modified starches, 
a generic term for dozens of chemically or physically modified starches from different plants, like corn or wheat, are usually not specifically named on food labels. Okay, question number two. Various substances are used in the food industry as preservatives. Companies want their products to have long shelf lives, so they don't go bad while waiting for a customer to buy them. Which of the following chemicals is not a preservative? Note, uh, some chemicals are given as acronyms, since that is how you'll typically see them listed on a package label. Answer A, BHT. B, ascorbic acid. C, BHA. D, T, B, H, Q, E, diglyceride. Again, question two. Which of the following chemicals is not a preservative? A, BHT, B, ascorbic acid, C, BHA, D, TBHQ, and E, diglyceride. The answer is E, diglyceride. All the rest of the chemicals mentioned are preservatives. Diglycerides, which was E, along with monoglycerides, are used as emulsifiers, often in bread products, to help mix oily and watery components. Food manufacturers use acronyms, and the FDA lets them do that to save space on the food label and to disguise what may be alarming chemical names. For example, answer D, which was TBHQ, stands for tertiary butyl hydroquinone, a very chemical name. All right, question number three. Some people are sensitive to the flavor enhancer, known as MSG, which stands for monosodium glutamate. Sometimes this ingredient is masked on food labels because it is a component of other food ingredients where it may be present in low concentration. Which of the following is not a source of MSG? A. Hickory smoke flavoring. B. Soy sauce. C. Hydrolyzed soy protein. D. Hydrolyzed corn protein. E. Soy isolate. Again, question three. Which of the following is not a source of MSG? A. Hickory smoke flavoring. B. Soy sauce. C. Hydrolyzed soy protein. D. Hydrolyzed corn protein. And E. Soy isolate. The answer is A. Hickory smoke flavoring. MSG arises from the breakdown of plant proteins, such as soy or corn. Smoke flavoring is made from the burning of wood, so it's not a source of MSG. Question number four. Sugar abounds in processed foods as a taste enhancer and bulking agent, but it comes in a variety of forms. Food manufacturers can minimize the appearance of sugar on food labels by using different types of sugars, which will appear at different places on the label, thus making it look like sugar was not the first or second ingredient. Which of the following substances is not a source of sugar? A. Maltodextrin B. Sucrose C. Glucose D. 
baking soda, E, corn syrup solids. Reading number four again, which of the following substances is not a source of sugar? A, maltodextrin, B, sucrose, C, glucose, D, baking soda, and E, corn syrup solids. If you said D, baking soda, you were absolutely correct. Baking soda is a leavening agent in baked goods and does not add sweetness to a product. Sucrose is table sugar, glucose is corn sugar, corn syrup is a derivative from the breakdown of corn starch, and maltodextrin comes from the incomplete breakdown of starch. Question number five. Gums are a very common food ingredient. They absorb water, swell up, usually with heat, and give body to foods such as sauces, soups, gravies, and puddings. Which of the following additives would not be classified as a gum? A. Cellulose gel. B. Carboxymethylcellulose. C. Guar. D. Locust bean. E. Malic acid. Again, question five. Which of the following additives would not be classified as a gum? A. Cellulose gel. B. Carboxymethylcellulose. C. Guar. D. Locust bean. And E. Malic acid. Did you pick E. Malic acid? That's right. Malic acid is known as an acidulant. It's added to foods to increase the acidity or drop the pH of a mixture. Question number six. People trying to diet or who may be diabetic might try to cut down on sugar consumption by eating foods containing sugar alcohols. They are sweet substances with lower caloric content. Which of these ingredients is not a sugar alcohol? A. Maltitol, B. Sorbitol, C. Taurine, D. Xylitol, E. Mannitol. Again, here's question six. Which of these ingredients is not a sugar alcohol? A. Maltitol, B. Sorbitol, C. Taurine, D. Xylitol, E. Mannitol. And the answer is C. Taurine. That's a natural substance found in animal tissue and is commonly uh, found as an additive in energy drinks. Names for sugar alcohols always end in the suffix OL, so they can easily be spotted on food labels. Question number seven. There is a chemical additive used to whiten products like chewing gum and toothpaste. It was also used in the olden days to make white walls on tires white. Identify this additive in the following list. A. Titanium oxide. B. Sodium benzoate. C. Magnesium carbonate. D. Lactic acid. And E. Potassium chloride. Okay, let's repeat number seven. Looking for an additive that whitens things. Identify this additive in the following list. A. Titanium oxide. B. Sodium benzoate. C. Magnesium carbonate. D. Lactic acid. And E. Potassium chloride. 
The correct answer is A, titanium oxide. This compound of titanium is a rather odd substance to be found in food since titanium is not natural to the human body. I've got titanium metal in an artificial hip, but it didn't get there from the food that I ate. Question number eight. An emulsifier is another very common type of additive in processed foods. Since oils show up frequently in water-based food preparations, emulsifiers are needed to bind together the oil and water. Think about mayonnaise. It's most, mostly fat and water with a little bit of egg thrown in to act as an emulsifier to keep the mixture blended. Which of the following chemicals is not an emulsifier used by the processed food industry? A. Polysorbate 60 B. Acetylated monoglycerides C. Anato D. Datum E. Lecithin Again, for question 8. Which of the following chemicals is not an emulsifier used by the processed food industry? A. Polysorbate 60, B. Acetylated monoglycerides, C. Anato, D. Datum, E. Lecithin. If you said C. Anato, you were right. Anato is a natural food coloring often used in cheese to impart an orange cheese looking color. The emulsifier called datum, which was answer D, is actually an acronym which stands for diacetyl tartaric acid ester of mono and diglycerides. Now that's a mouthful of chemistry. Here's question nine. High intensity sweeteners entered the food system a hundred years ago with the synthesis of saccharin followed by cyclamates. Eventually, those substances came into disfavor because of adverse medical effects, but others have taken their place over time to satisfy the incredible, incredible need p people have uh, for their cake and to eat it without consequences. Which of the following substances is not currently used to sweeten processed foods? A. Asulfame K. B. Benzoic acid. C. Aspartame. D. Sucralose. E. Stevia. Again, here's question 9. Which of the following substances is not currently used to sweeten processed foods? A. Asulfame K. B. Benzoic acid. C. Aspartame. D. Sucralose. E. Stevia. The right answer is B, benzoic acid, which is not a sweetener, but a food preservative. By the way, the only natural product in the answer list is stevia, which comes from the stevia plant, but stevia found in packaged foods is likely a highly processed ingredient far removed from its natural plant parent. Question number 10. Fortunately, a few food companies are moving away from artificial colors, some of which have been shown to cause medical issues, particularly in children. They are switching to natural colors derived from plants. Which substance in the following list is not a natural color? A. Inositol B. Beta-carotene C. Anato D. Chlorophyllin E. 
beet extract. Again, here's question 10. Which substance in the following list is not a natural color? A. Inositol. B. Beta carotene. C. Anato. D. Chlorophyllin. And E. Beet extract. Did you choose A. Inositol? That's not a coloring agent. It's a sugar alcohol. Remember the OL ending? The carotene and anato are orange, the chlorophyllin is green, and the beet extract is red. Next, question 11. Bread companies have to use a slew of chemicals to mass produce bread products that will hold up during the manufacturing process where the doughs are subjected to severe mechanical forces. These chemicals are called dough conditioners. Which of the following chemicals is not a dough conditioner? A. Calcium sulfate. B. Potassium iodate. C. Malt. D. Diglycerides. E. Sodium chloride. Again, here's question 11. Which of the following chemicals is not a dough conditioner? A. Calcium sulfate. B. Potassium iodate. C. Malt. D. Diglycerides. E. Sodium chloride. And the correct answer is E. Sodium chloride, which is just table salt. And question number 12. Most of the breads you find on grocery store shelves are made from white flour, a flour lacking in nutritional value. White flour produces white bread, which is very popular because of its softness, melt-in-the-mouth property, long shelf life, and of course, the color. In the 17th and 18th centuries, white bread was prized by the masses instead of the healthier dark bread because the upper class was eating it. Dark bread made from whole wheat is much healthier. Which of the following is not a benefit of whole wheat bread? A. It is bleached. B. It retains the bran portion of the wheat. C. It has a higher fiber content. D. It provides more vitamins and minerals. E. Being made from whole grain, it is healthier. Okay, again with question 12. Which of the following is not a benefit of whole wheat bread? A. It is bleached. B. It retains the bran portion of the wheat. C. It has a higher fiber content. D. It provides more vitamins and minerals. E. Being made from whole grain, it is healthier. The right answer is A. It is bleached. That's false. That's how white flour is made, using some pretty hazardous bleaching chemicals. The dark breads are naturally colored a light brown due to the proteins present in the flour. Question 13. Sometimes sand is used as a food additive. It serves as an anti-caking agent to keep other ingredients from clumping together. Which of the following substances is the chemical name for sand that you would find on a food label? A. Potassium sorbate. B. Silicon dioxide. C. Sodium carbonate. D. Magnesium chloride. E. Sodium phosphate. Repeating number 13, which of the following substances is the chemical name for sand that would be found on a food label? A. Potassium sorbate, B. Silicon dioxide, C. Sodium carbonate, D. Magnesium chloride, 
and E, sodium phosphate? The answer is B, silicon dioxide. Since most people don't know that silicon dioxide is sand, they don't think twice about it when they see it on a food label. All right, question 14. The FDA allows food ingredients in the food supply that are listed as GRAS, G-R-A-S, which stands for Generally Recognized as Safe, unless some detrimental health effects are, are later found. In the following list of GRAS additives, one of them has been known to cause deaths and is linked to cancer. Which one is it? A. Phosphoric acid. B. Citric acid. C. Potassium chloride. D. Sodium nitrite. E. Lactic acid. Again, question 14. In the following list of grass additives, one of them has been known to cause deaths and is linked to cancer. Which one is it? A. Phosphoric acid. B. Citric acid. C. Potassium chloride. D. Sodium nitrite. E. Lactic acid. Did you choose D, sodium nitrite? This nasty chemical is found in most cured meats and is present as a preservative to keep the meat from turning an unappealing brown color. All right, question 15. This is the last question. You can sigh with relief. Okay, here it is. If you listen to the episode about chewing gum, this should be easy. Which of the following ingredients is not common to chewing gum? A. Gum base. B. Leaveners. C. Sweeteners. D. Softeners. E. Flavorings. Again with 15. Which of the following ingredients is not common to chewing gum? A. Gum base. B. Leaveners. C. Sweeteners. D. Softeners. E. Flavorings. Yes, of course, the answer is B, leaveners, which are chemicals that raise bread dough. They have nothing to do with chewing gum. Okay, go ahead, tally up your score by dividing the right answers by 15 and multiplying by 100. If you got 100%, get up, if possible, and do a victory jig. You are a food ingredient genius and should be teaching a course on the subject. If you got 90% or better, that's a darn good score, and you should be proud. Any score above 70% is decent, and shows that you're pretty savvy about food ingredients and mostly know what to look for on a food label. If you got 50 to 69%, you're off to a good start, but you could use some work. Go back and listen to the first 15 episodes of this podcast. If you got under 50%, don't consider yourself a failure. You just need to bone up on the subject. Go to the hosting website, podbean.com, look up food labels revealed, listen to the shows, and read some of the book references provided there. Next year, you'll get another chance in quiz number two. Now, back in episode number four, I introduced a feature called New Food Inventions which was dedicated to examining some of the latest and greatest processed foods recently introduced into the marketplace. Hidden Valley is known for its dressings and dips.
extraordinary, like a packet of Hidden Valley Ranch. That was an old commercial from the 1980s. Wasn't that inspiring? Hidden Valley's signature dressing is the ranch style formulated in 1949 by its originator, Steve Henson, a Nebraska-born cowboy. That salad spread became the house dressing at Hidden Valley Ranch, a dude ranch that the Hensons purchased near Santa Barbara, California in 1954. They started to get so many requests for the dressing that Gail and Steve Henson created a dry package mix which could be ordered by mail. The mix consisted of salt, monosodium glutamate, dehydrated garlic, parsley, and onions, black pepper, and calcium stearate, and was sold to stores and customers who lived a great distance away. Their dressing became so popular that the Hensons started manufacturing the prepared product at their Hidden Valley Ranch in the 1960s. In the 1970s, Hidden Valley Ranch was acquired by the Clorox Company for $8 million. Yes, you heard me right, the Clorox Company, makers of bleach and liquid plumber. But Clorox also has uh, food brands like Burt's Bees, Kitchen Bouquet, Casey Masterpiece, and Soyve Sauces. So, What's the new invention from Hidden Valley Ranch? It's a line of dressings made with Greek yogurt. They latched on to the Greek yogurt craze, creating such flavors as spinach and feta, lemon garlic, cucumber dill, and of course the old familiar ranch. I really don't know what all the excitement is is about concerning Greek yogurt. As far as I know, Greek yogurt is just regular yogurt that's been filtered to make it thicker and creamier. Let's quickly take a look at the new ranch version. The label on the front of the bottle states that there are only 60 calories per serving, which is two tablespoons. They keep the calories down by using non-fat milk as a yogurt starter. The only source of fat in the product is buttermilk. There are a total of 23 ingredients in this dressing. Imagine if you were in your own kitchen making this dressing and lining up 23 ingredients on the counter. That would take you a while. I'm not going to break down all the ingredients, but I do want to mention a few of them. The generic modified food starch is eighth on the list. What is the modified food starch? We have no idea. It could be one of dozens of modifications of different starches. All I can tell you for sure is that this ingredient provides a thickness for the dressing, so the contents don't pour out all at one time or take forever to exit the bottle. The tenth ingredient is egg yolk, which, as I mentioned in the quiz, serves as an emulsifier to blend the fat and oil together. The seventeenth ingredient is MSG. Boo! Nasty stuff. The last two ingredients, the 22nd and 23rd, are sorbic acid and calcium disodium EDTA, which stands for ethylene diamine tetracetic. Very, these are both very common preservatives. But it's the 21st ingredient in the ranch dressing that caught my eye. It's called a Neeson preparation. That's N-I-S-I-N. I had never heard of that before. Brand new to me. So what is 
a Nissan preparation. Get ready for an airful. It's a polycyclic antibacterial peptide produced by Lactococcus lactis bacteria. Wow, that takes me back to a 1970s biology class. Now, a peptide is a short version of a protein molecule. Whereas proteins are long polymeric molecules, peptides are clipped versions of them. Now, Neeson has been on the FDA grass list since 1988, although it has been around since the 1930s. It's recognized as a potent antibacterial agent able to kill, kill off some very nasty organisms like Listeria, botulas, and Staphylococcus. Being the third preservative in this product, I suspect that its use may not be so much to prevent spoilage in the bottle, but more likely to prevent contamination of the product during the manufacturing process. That would limit potential recalls of the dressing. Wow, the steps food processors take to make sure products don't spoil or make consumers sick. Well, that's it for a brief look at this month's new food invention. Let's put this show to bed. Hey, all you food eaters, thanks for listening. If you could leave a review, good or bad, at the iTunes store, I would greatly appreciate it. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or by searching online for the title Food Labels Revealed. And of course, you can listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by installing any of the popular apps like Apple's Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and others. So, food eaters, how'd you do on the quiz? Do you have a good working knowledge of ingredients and packaged food, or do you need to bone up a bit? Please share your thoughts by emailing me at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. Until next time, take care, and if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants.